Welcome, Welcome, guys, gals, and and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. She gets to the front. <laughs> and that's the cold open. <laughs> yeah, that one was better. I think I like really hit those notes. <laughs> I think we both really didn't hit those notes. Um, wow. That was really me. I think you're projecting again. I was incredible. Okay. I was there. I was giving you scary spice. I was giving you sporty spice and ginger spice because I can't hit the other two notes, but I can hit those three. <laughs> You you can't hit Posh Spice's non-existent notes. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna hit them. Dude, it. did it. Nailed it. This is my impersonation of Posh Spice in the new tour. Mm. Mm, okay, it. got it. <laughs> I love her. Did you see her for, her short film for Vogue? No. I'm gonna have to send it to you. It was incredible. Yes, I'll see it. I loved it. I was like, this is... Why isn't this on Letterboxd so I can read and review it? This is gorgeous. She was always my favorite Spice Girl because she put in minimal effort. And it was so great. She was basically like me when I was in sixth grade chorus class where I was just in the back mouthing the words. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to fuck up everybody, so I'm just going to stay silent and pretend like I'm participating. Sometimes that's the best thing to do. If you can't do it, get out of the way. Mm Mm-hmm. That's okay. You don't have to force other people to watch your progress. You can just <laughs> not do it and then try again later. Exactly. That's an important message that I want everyone to know. Sometimes you're bad at things and that's okay. It's, it's not for fun. you. <laughs> I can't sing and there I haven't released my full album just yet. Right. I feel like I really wanted my voice to go deeper after I got my tonsils out and I feel like it's only gone higher but not high enough for Disney princess level. And so basically I'm still pretty much stuck with being really off key singing. I just can't wait to be King. That was me, but about puberty. <laughs> it's like, man, I can't wait for my voice to get deeper. And then puberty hit. I was like, Oh my God, I have hairs in my balls now. And then I was like, Oh wait, I have hairs in my balls now. <laughs> not fun. Mm-hmm. But when they make the live action, the emperor's new groove, mm-hmm. I'm going to start as Cusco. Okay. And it's going to be great. And we're going to add a little bit of music to it, but I'm making a musical. And mm-hmm. the whole point is that I think I'm super grand and super cool and in my own head while judging <laughs> other people, but I can't sing, but I'm forcing these other people to watch me sing because I'm the goddamn emperor. I love it. Thank you. It's going to be amazing. It's Hi everybody. <laughs> how are you doing today? <laughs> Welcome to our review. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Joe, how was your week? Yeah. Was good. It was fine. I survived. I had goals, ambition, and then the universe tried to stop it, and then I came <laughs> back. You got it. Yeah, it was great, and everything's been working out for me, and I'm very excited about that. Good. That's exciting. How's your week? My week has been good. Um, I had a pretty rough last weekend. Uh, there was. A death in my ex family. My cat died. But it's okay because when it comes to the cat, my cat had the greatest life on earth. Hell yeah. Like, we adopted her before Chad and I were even living together. 
So Shit, it's been a minute. So this cat is literally three hundred and ten years old in cat years. She lived her life. Um, she was a calico. She had like two, like the two sided face thing. Um, and Chad was like, I'm going to go and get a cat and I want to name it chaos. And I said, okay, fine. But only if we can name it chaos spelled like chaos from get smart. (laughs) And he said, deal. And that's why we worked as a couple. (laughs) So, um, so we had, we had the cat. They told us that the cat was like six or seven when we adopted her, which is a damn lie. Like, there's literally no way that the she cat... She would have been, like, maybe a year old. Yeah, like, she could legally drink. <laughs> as is. <laughs> and so, we... Um, so, yeah, we got her, and before we before he had even proposed, like, we were just starting to, to see each other. But it was, like, enough that I had, like, a key to his place. Mm-hmm. And I was always the other woman. <laughs> to to the cat. Cat's like, bitch, I got here first. I'm like, listen. That's so fucking funny. I was here first, cat. But also, yes, you live here. Um, but she eventually warmed up to me. And that was our only pet throughout our entire marriage. And um, the cat lived with Chad after I moved out. Because I couldn't have pets at my place anyway. Um, so, so, yeah, poor Chad had his death in the family. And then came back to the cat passing as well which is sad um so he's going through a lot and i really feel for him and it's i feel bad because everybody not everybody but there are people that are like reaching out to me and saying i'm so sorry for your loss please let me know if you can do anything and i keep telling them like you need to talk to chad about this yeah like i appreciate that you want to be here for me but you need to be there for chad like it's his big losses Mm -hmm. like i'm like I said, I'm totally cool with the cat. Like, the cat lived a long, awesome life. She had tuna whenever she wanted to. Uh, she had the run of the house. Like, she was the only child. She went and snuggled up when she wanted to. She fucked off when she wanted to. Like, she lived her best life. Mm-hmm. 110%. And so, I'm not... Like, I'm I'm sad that she's no longer with us, but I know that she lived a full, badass life. And so, I'm, like, proud of her. You know, but it's still like, it's different for Chad. And it's so funny how people like I um, told somebody, I was like, you need to reach out to Chad. Like, if you want to do something for me, go and be there for him. Um, And they said, well, I don't, I don't really want to like, you know, bother him or like worry him or anything. And I'm just like, isn't it funny how we are as humans with loss? Like, we feel like we're being invasive or, you know, upsetting when in reality, when you're on the other side of it, like when my dad died, I feel like everybody abandoned me. And that's so weird because it, it never hits right. It never hits right. It never hits right. Grief you is so fucked up. in your fucking face and you're like, I need my personal space. Yep. And then people on the other side are like, I want to give you all the personal space. You're like, no, please, I need people here with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it just doesn't, it, you never, never win. So it was a little rough. Um, I also had... A really, really big roommate fight, which is fine now. We talked and we hashed it out and everything. And I kind of realized that I had been not creating boundaries for myself and it was wearing on me. And I was putting myself out there in a way that, like, he he didn't even know that I was doing it. Mm-hmm. 
but it was still causing stress on me. But I felt like I had to do it. Yeah. So we talked it out. I made some boundaries, not only for like him, but for myself. Yeah. And so it worked out. So it's getting better. Um, I'm still cramping from the IUD. I'm going back and forth on whether or not I really want to call my OBGYN because I'm really worried that I'm going to call and they're going to like check it and everything's going to be fine and they're just going to call me a pansy. Not for me as a man to tell you what to do, but as opposed to the other thing being true where you don't call and something's definitely wrong, it seems like it would be a little bit better to be like, hey, I just want to, I'm concerned. I just want to check in on my body. Hmm. Everything's okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does say that it should only be three weeks. And it's been... And it has been uh, about 35 days as of now. That's five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. That wasn't me trying to tell you time. That was me being like, wait, do I remember this now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. And honestly, you could be wrong. I don't know. I was just going to yes and the fuck out of it because I don't know math. (laughs) We're yes and It's been a hundred years. Is what it feels like. A hundred years of solitude. A hundred years of me cramping and feeling awful, so. I have cried every day <laughs> waiting for you. No, we're going to get sued by whoever that is. Twilight's like sobbing immediately. One, because I'm not doing it justice to that song. And two, because it's taking them back. Ugh. What are we talking about today, babe? Oh, so we are recapping season four, episode 12, Just Say Yes. Um, in this episode... Carrie finds the prospect of Aiden popping the question nauseating. Meanwhile, Samantha and her new client, Richard Wright, soar to new heights on his private jet. That's it. That's the whole synopsis. Which is so weird because, like, there's more important things that happen than Samantha going on a fucking plane. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. This was another one written by Cindy Schupack. Schupack. Who can hit or miss, I feel. She can hit it. I think this episode hit. I didn't think it was going to at the beginning, but then this episode really, really hit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, who would you like to start with? Let's start with Samantha, because she's going to back despite our previous conversation. Okay. All right. So Samantha, um, her new client is Richard Wright. She comes in to talk to him, and what a bitch. Like, him. Okay, him. I was like, wait, what? Him, not her. So she walks in. She's not even allowed to, like, sit down. He is immediately busting her balls on something that didn't get covered in some magazine. He's losing his damn mind. She basically is very straight, direct to the point with him, mm-hmm. but also, like, a little rude because she was just attacked. Yeah. And said, hey, I already took care of it. And also, you have, you know, this and this new thing on there. Pooh, there you go. And he's like, oh, well, Okay. And, and I, she's like, can I sit down? <laughs> and I don't like that because it, it starts with her having to prove that she's worthy of not being mean to. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation is like, oh, if that was a man, a man would just put up with it. And that's okay. He wouldn't have to get an attitude back. But the real question is, why is that fucking boss such a goddamn asshole? Whoever mm-hmm. he's talking to, if that's one of his employees, you cannot talk to your employees that way. Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, that's there's bullshit. There's no reason to talk to anybody like that. There's no reason to immediately, like, before somebody can even sit down, bust their balls about whatever you're upset about. Like, act like an adult. Because you are an adult, and you're in charge of all this property. Yeah. But it's people with money who think that they don't have to be nice to other people because they can just be like, I'm paying you, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And because she's a little affronted and a little upset by him being a huge, condescending asshole, 
He asks if she's having female troubles. Fuck off. That guy's a fucking dickhole. He's and an I'm ass. And I'm so mad that after everything we said about Samantha last episode, mm-hmm. that we then come to this, where he then is like, I like that you're not scared of me. Yeah. And they start this weird little flirtation thing. You're like, no, no, no. Uh-uh. Remember no. everything you put her through? Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, and then she actually opens up to him, which is completely off-brand for her. Yeah. Or she's like, no, I'm not having free male troubles. One of my best friends, you know, might be getting engaged, and I just think that that's horseshit. You know, why do people have to get engaged and get married? And he's so like... cliche. Yeah, she's so cliche. And he's like, yeah, I hear you, man. I don't want to do any of that shit. I love the single life. Ooh, I'm a fuck man. And... Fuck man. Yeah, that's from Ew. Eliza Schlesinger's new stand-up. Have you seen that? No. It's so great. It's about how, like, when... This actually ties in. Um, about how she, when she was... She got engaged. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you ask a dude, like, hey, how'd you meet each other? How'd you get engaged? What happened? They always, like, started out, like, like they can still get it. Like, they want to make sure everybody knows that they're still, you know sexually viable that even though they're committing to a relationship they're still like awesome like you know no i mean you know me man i'm a fuck man Ugh. i'm a fuck man like i can get it i can get it but like i saw her and i was like yeah she's the one but i can still get it if i want to i'm a fuck man Ew, I hate <laughs> it's true though but yeah so he's totally like i'm a fuck man man and yeah. <laughs> man just like that <laughs> and he's like yeah, you know, I just love taking off at a moment's notice with the chick and, you know, flying her to Brazil for the weekend. And it's a nine-hour flight and it's perfect and it's romantic and blah, blah, blah. And all this other stuff. And bitch is turned. She's turned by a nine-hour flight to Rio? <sighs> Yucky. I, I don't would... want a nine-hour... I don't care if it's full of sex. I don't want to be on a nine-hour flight to anywhere. That's a long time. <sighs> I feel bad because I would like her to be like, you know what, this guy's an asshole, mm-hmm. but I'm going to use his resources to benefit me. But she's like emotionally she's swayed. Him. Yeah. And I was like, that's the part that I'm like, this is stupid. I hate it. It's the worst. But yeah, so she goes, he rips her skirt. I'm upset, I'm upset by that. I don't know why I'm upset by that. that. Probably because it's like designer. <laughs> she's laying down. He's laying down on top of her. They're making out mm-hmm. and they're about to bone and he rips her skirt open. Mm-hmm. One, it's a skirt. It's already open. Right. Two, she even said, she's like, I could have taken that off. Yeah. And then, like, hopefully she has a change of clothing not underneath the, like, the the base of the plane, but, like, on board. Yeah, or else she's going to walk out there in her chonies. Yeah. And that's embarrassing. Like. Why? That's scary. I don't like it. Anyway. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think Richard Wright is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. Correct. And... After everything that happened to her last time, when she had a fight tooth and nail to get the spot, and he was like, well, I don't want to hire you because you're a woman. But yeah. Spot, he'd be rude to her. And then, and then like, immediately fucking Ooh. sucks her up. I'm swayed. You're an asshole. You challenge me. Yeah. I'm challenging you and someone being a complete fucking asshole to you, and I don't like what that, like, reinforces. What mm-hmm. those have. Yeah. I don't like it at all. All right. Do you want to move on to Miranda? Miranda. Miranda. Um, yes. So, Miranda is trying to tell Steve... That she's pregnant and Sorry. ends up <laughs> and ends up like just letting it fly out of her mouth as they're like in line for something at a cart, like ice cream or something. <laughs> and the and the guy who's like selling it to them is super invested in the conversation. And she's just like, Okay, that's enough. We're done here. 
but she just spits it out. She's just like, Steve, I'm pregnant. And Steve immediately, like, kind of launches into, shit, shit, I should sell the bar. Like, I just put all of this money into the bar. I'm in a lot of debt because of it. Like, maybe I should just sell the bar. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. Hang up the chaps, man. Like, no big deal. <laughs> like, it's okay. This is this is not your rodeo to ride. It's, it's fine. I just wanted to let you know that I'm pregnant. I'm going to have the kid. And he's immediately like, what the fuck, man? When we were together, I wanted a kid, and you didn't want a kid. Now you're going to have a kid? Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is fair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but also, like, she, she's very, very straightforward about how she's like, listen, this is just something that I feel like I need to do for me. You're not responsible for it. You can absolutely be involved in any aspect you want to be involved in, but I don't expect anything from you. And I think that is very straightforward and very adult of her to say and actually mean. Yes. And I liked that about, about like that conversation is that that was straightforward and honest and not hurtful at yeah. all. And it wasn't, and there's no accidental hurt and there was no intention like, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm doing it this way because I don't want you involved. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, this is how I have it planned. This is how it's in my head mm-hmm. and we're going to make it work. Yeah. And then he, uh, later in the episode shows up to her door with a ring like on his she opens up the door and he's like on his knee and he's got the ring out and she was like the fuck is this he's like that's your answer yeah he's like that's your that's your answer to me and she's like what do you do you don't mean it and he's like but there's gonna be a baby i want to do the right thing and i'm like oh that's so cute but also dumb that is cute and dumb and they both recognize it yes and i love that because the second like she opened the door and he was on his knee i was like this is it they're together i'm so happy i'm so bummed Mm-hmm. And then she's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, oh, no, this is the couple that I like. hmm And I do love that they did have another really, really good conversation about it. Yeah. Where they were like, okay, listen, you know, you proposed because you felt like that was the right thing to do, but it's not. We can do this without being together. And she was like, and you're going to see me. You're going to see me with a baby, and you're going to think that, like, we should be together and everything should be great. And you need to fight against that feeling. We don't need to be together to raise this baby. Mm-hmm. And obviously they do. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But it was still a really great thing. Yes. Like, it was a really great conversation. Brought up a lot of really good points. I love that Miranda's finally getting a chance to to be her own person. Like, I feel like they're letting her be more three-dimensional now rather than, like, just... Angry right. feminist. But I love that too because I feel like Cynthia. 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 Wow. <laughs> Nixon has like worked the hardest mm-hmm. to make a character that people like and or relate to. Yeah, she's three dimensional paper, character. But she, like everything has been like, oh, Miranda sucks. Miranda's boring. Mm-hmm. And she has had to put in all that extra work. And now it's kind of paying off where it just comes so naturally and easy. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, she was paired with Steve mm-hmm. so that they could bounce all that energy because they mesh so well together as creatives. Mm-hmm. And their energies are so well. So I can imagine her being like, oh, fuck, this feels so good. Mm-hmm. I finally have my time to shine. It feels great. And it's paying off all the work that I've done before. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's great. It's so great to watch. And I love their their relationship and their ability to talk through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish they had had it and stayed together, but whatever. It's fine, I guess. But I do love that how respectful all of their conversations are. Yes. And how 
no like no one's feelings are hurt and they're very straightforward with each other and i think it's beautiful i like it because she's like you want to marry me and he's like well i don't want to marry you now yeah, he's like not right now <laughs> not when you're being like this I'm just so, like, like this is fucking cute deep. and that's why I, I i like them i wish we would have gotten the storyline that's here's how you could have two people who aren't a couple make a baby relationship work mm-hmm. which would have been great but this couple just lent itself so well to turn into a romance. They come together and mm-hmm. it's their baby. Mm-hmm. Which lent itself so well. I could have done with the other storyline just to give something new and different. But I love the fact that this happened this way because it's two characters I really appreciate. And they are meant to be together. Yeah. And I appreciate the juxtaposition with this to jumping into Charlotte. Mm. Because Charlotte's story, they want to have a baby. They are together. They are a romantic couple. They're married. But, boy, is it ever just so vastly different. So, yeah, Charlotte is, has found out that she is, quote-unquote, reproductively challenged. She says, I am not, or we are not barren, we are reproductively challenged. And I fucking laughed. It wasn't my place to laugh, but I fucking laughed. No, it's, it was meant to be a joke. It's fine. It was, it's stupid. Reproductively challenged, but whatever. Um, and then... Trey brings up that there's a spring fling to attend that's apparently some Scottish high society crap, like, in New York City. That's exactly what it is. Scottish high society crap. Mm-hmm. So then, oh my gosh, we, like, it was so great because both of us kind of lost our damn minds. <gasps> yes. Um, we... So Charlotte said, listen, like, we're doing these fertility drugs. This is what we have to do. Trey's not on board with it. And she was like, listen, like, this is just what we have to do. We're going to take all the fertility drugs. We're going to try it this way. But also, I put us on a list for a Mandarin baby. And I was immediately like, is that like those little cuties? Did you make them into a baby? Is there some sort of like edible arrangements that you're talking about that you got put on a list for? Because you couldn't possibly be saying what I think you're saying. And she says Yuck. It. She, she says it. She it. means it. And then it upsets me more because later on she has a little fight. There where she's like, I have to do everything. I'm taking the hormones. I'm doing this. I'm checking these calendars. I'm talking to people. I'm networking. I'm looking for solutions. And Trey, you just have to jerk up into jerk off into a cup and call it good. Yeah, I'm like she's correct, but here's the moment where she is wrong, where she's like, "I put us on the list." You did not have a conversation with your partner. Yeah, I think it's smart, and like if you want to go through this process, you a baby means a lot to you, and you're like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I can't produce a child bio, bio, biologically mm-hmm. through my own natural processes. Mm-hmm. I still have love to give and resources to give to another child. Adopting, cool. That is so cool." The way it's presented here, it would put people off of adoption. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, I put us on a list to adopt a baby. And he's like, you didn't, you didn't fucking talk to me about this? And yeah. And what bothers me so much is that she finds out later that um, Trey talked to his mom, Bunny, about this. Mm-hmm. And didn't talk to her. And Charlotte gets upset with that and says, you know, you can talk to me about this, you know. And it bothers me so much because I'm like, you didn't talk to him about being put on the list. You just put him on the list. Yeah. So you started this chain of non-communication and and you're not going to own up to it. You can blame so much of it on the hormones that she's taking because she definitely does. But there are certain parts of it that I'm like, no, it's just Charlotte 
doing that thing in her head where she's like, this is how I have my plan, mm-hmm. my life planned out, and this is how it's going to go, and people, other people are just pieces in that plan and not necessarily people with their own agency. Right. And that's fucked up. That. And that's what's still fucking her up is the fact that she's trying to commit her life goal without conversations without anything and she just wants people to support her. And Trey is just another piece in that but she doesn't take him into consideration. She considered the wedding uh, getting married a piece of her life and then when the sex didn't work out she was like, oh, I fucked up because I was so mm-hmm. concerned with part A. I didn't notice part B. Yep. And then she's like, okay, cool. Now let's make sure that we have all our bases covered. Mm-hmm. And now it's part C. But part C, but she's not looking at people as people. She's looking yeah. at them as like, it's step steps. one, check. Yeah. Step two, check. Step three, check. Yeah. As opposed to having conversations with your partner about mm-hmm. major important things. Yeah. It's a to-do list and not a life. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Mm-mm. Don't like that. Oh, Bunny has a devastating burn um, when they go to this Highland Spring Fling, though. So Bunny is explaining that the dance that they're doing is called the Highland Fling, which is a real dance. Um, And I think it's hilarious because the only reason that I know that is because of the movie Nicholas Nickleby. Oh, my gosh. When Alan Cummings plays this, this Scottish guy and all he wants to do is do the Highland Fling in one of the this like traveling theater company's productions. Yeah. And it always gets cut out and he's always like so upset about it. Oh. And it's this great amazing thing because at the end of the movie he gets to actually perform it. And you're like, I'm so happy for you. you and you don't, it, like you don't even care about the rest of the characters. You're like Nicholas Nicholas Nickleby whom it doesn't even matter cuz you're just in it for watching him do the Highland Fling. Yes. Um so Bunny's explaining that it was the 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 event was named after the dance, um, and it is very energetic and a lot of jumping around. And so Charlotte says, you know, for a fling, it certainly seems like a lot of work. And Bunny says, that's what I used to tell Trey about you. Ah, and then she, it's a drive by disc because then mm-hmm. Bunny immediately moves on. But me and Paige had to stop the show. We paused it. We're like, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. And then we rewound it so we could see it again. Fucking sick. I know. Good. I was like, holy shit, somebody get her some Neosporin. Oh my god. Oof. Applied directly to the burn area. Yeah. It was crazy. So later when they are not discussing it as adults, they're just arguing about it. Um, Trey says something really devastating, which is how much work is a marriage supposed to be? Like, he's he's sick of all of the trying and the doing and everything else. And just, wow. Like, that's a lot. That's that's he's, fucking heavy. He's welcome to his feelings. He's allowed to feel what he's feeling. But that's a lot to drop onto a person, especially when that person's, one, on extra hormones. Yeah. And, two, trying to do this thing that they've always built themselves up to do, and it's not working out for them, so they're going through kind of a crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is... It is fucking tough. It's so... It's such a loaded thing to say. Because technically everything is work. And it has to be. Not in one of those ways like it has to be for it to matter or to mean something. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe Trey is one of those people that never really um, evolved past like high school level kind of communication yes 
like where you could absolutely not have to put any work into a friendship because you would always see them at biology or you would always, you you know, catch them right after. Yeah. Or like your lockers would happen to coincide. But then once your lockers don't coincide, do you love that person enough to seek them out? That is such a beautiful way to phrase it because I didn't realize that that's the kind of person that I am and how I love. Because I take mm. all of them for granted in that kind of high school kind of way where I was like, oh, we're going to meet up and show up and that's how I'll show you how it is. And that's okay because we're focused on other things because mm-hmm. when you're in high school, high school is the most important thing that could be happening to you right now. Mm-hmm. And he's not wrong in the sense that yeah. so far, if all of his relationships have been working out a certain way and this one does it. Mm-hmm. You can look and be like, okay, this is a new experience. This is something different from everything else. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, um, one of these things is not like the other one. And so that's the one that's not working. Mm -hmm. And both of those can be right. And it'd be a case by case basis. But that's so fucking tough. Yeah. When, once it becomes, once it's no longer super convenient, Mm -hmm. do you love that person enough to make an effort now on the relationship. And I feel like we have that a lot with shows that we do and shoots that we do mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, I'm going to see them at the next rehearsal. And yeah, you know, I love them and everything's great. I think that's absolutely where showmances come from. Yes. Where it's just convenient because you know that you're seeing that person and you get close to that person. But once that show is over, like 99% of all showmances die. Until the next show. Yeah, until the next show when it's a new person. But you're not hitting someone up for like, hey, we worked on this thing. I miss you. Let's go get some coffee. Let's go do this. Or right. you have to put in that work to but, say, yeah, you do. Hey, we're not going to see each other every single day. Mm-hmm. But I still want to see you. Let's go do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like a lot of people don't evolve past that. Like if it doesn't come super easy for them, then it's not worth doing. Yeah, and then it's just one of the base, or one of those things that are. We were just moments for that. We were just friends for that moment. Mm-hmm. But that's all we had to be. We just need to be there for each other in that moment. Which is, yeah, fair. Yeah. But it's so sad when you're on the other end of that and you think that the connection is heavier or deeper. Mm-hmm. And it's and who's to really say? Like there was, um, I did a show, the show that I that I met Ryan at, which is Clown Bar, mm-hmm. um, and one of the actors in that i'm just gonna call him out because everybody everybody who's listening who knows us knows who it is so it doesn't matter so um luke was in that show and i like luke and i just said like got along really really well right off the bat and we had like a platonic showmance Mm -hmm. in the sense that like we would after every single rehearsal we would go out we would have a drink we would bitch about stuff he would talk to me about his boyfriend and like how cute they were together and like worries that he had about it and like things that he did and he was so much fun and i really really enjoyed spending time with him Mm -hmm. and like during that show he became my best friend and once that show was over and i was just like hey you know let's let's go out for for a drink next week he was he literally i think said to me almost literally like word for word oh yeah like i don't really hang out with people after a show is over and I was really hurt. Like, I was super kind of devastated. Because you're like, oh, we had because, this closeness. Yeah, because we were close. And, like, he told me about stuff that didn't seem like um, you would tell a normal person. Or just someone that you're just casually working with. Yeah, or someone that you're casually working with. And I was, like, really... I was really sad for a long time. It felt like I lost my best friend. 
And it's, like, really, really sucked. And, like, I would see him, you know, occasionally, like, out when other casts were out, like, doing stuff or whatever. Yeah. And he would always, like, treat me just fine, but it was like he just turned off our friendship. And that is so weird, because I've been on loose side of that, mm-hmm. where they're, obviously, whenever you're in a show, you want to be close friends with the people that you're with, you want to have a good time. But for me, it's always felt like camp, and I don't mm-hmm. think camp is real, mm-hmm. which isn't fair, but that's the sensation that you get, where you're like, oh, this is a special moment that we're sharing together. But that's all this is. Like, you go to camp, a bunch of strangers, and then everybody sorts off, and you're like, oh, this is my best friend at camp. Mm. And I'm going to tell her everything, and we're going to get super, super close. We're going to be there for each other in this moment. And then when camp separates, we don't have to keep that connection. Because mm. it, it was still special, still in the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's not meant to be anything bigger. But I can easily see how horrible that would be on the other side if you kind of took that as a... Or if the, you're the kind of person that's like, no, all my... All my relationships are meant to last kind of relationships kind of person. Because mm. you're like, oh, like, this is the first step, and then now it's the rest of our lives, as opposed to, this is a limited event, a limited series of our friendship. Because mm. how do you put a deadline on a friendship? Right. And, like, the memories that you hope to create, especially if you get along so well. Mm-hmm. So it's so, oh, it's so weird. Yeah. I've never taken that kind of concept into consideration for how relationships might work. Really? Yeah, I, it's, I, so I never went to camp. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's my problem. But I always felt like if I... And this is less so when I was a kid, but more so like now. Like now I know that like my time is precious and that I don't have to spend time with people that I don't want to. Yes. And because of that, I will cultivate friendships or start podcasts with people that I love and that I appreciate and want to spend time with. Yeah. And anyone else that was like, say like, honestly, except for, for roommate Ryan, I almost don't talk to anybody else in that cast. Like I didn't form friendships with, Anyone. And there's part of me that almost is a little upset by that because maybe I did enjoy somebody. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Jesse James was in the cast too. But uh, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't count because we'd met before. So okay, I feel so like... it's a little different. So we were already friends. It was already established. Yeah. Um, but I felt almost like, why did I waste my time with Luke when I could have made a lasting friendship? Yeah. Like if I had known up front that that was his M.O., then I wouldn't have gone out of my way to go drinking with him every single night when I could have been cultivating better friendships. That's fair. But is that not just the conversation that we had earlier where, um, like, a romantic relationship, it's either going to be a breakup or an engagement? Yeah. And so if you're not going to get engaged, then what's the point? Yeah, which is so... I don't know. It's hard to think about it in those terms especially when i want to be friends with people more than i really want to be in a romantic relationship with them and yeah yeah, and so it's one of those things where that never really comes up or occurs to me i'm like no we're gonna be friends and we're gonna be friends until like you know we're old and crotchety and that's it Mm -hmm. and i don't think about friendships in the sense that they're going to end if i see an end to a friendship then i won't even start it that's so interesting because I'm like, I will take this. And it's one of those moments, like, where you pour your heart out to a stranger because they can't affect your life in any which way. Mm-hmm. And you just need to get it off your chest. Mm-hmm. And you can trust someone that has no 
interest or like value in your regular life mm-hmm. with yeah. a bunch of shit that you wouldn't do that to anybody else. To Same. be like, oh, they know, or they could tell, or they have another perspective. But if it's just mm-hmm. you unloading on someone, see, and I have outlying friendships for that, mm-hmm. like my buddy Gus who lives in Vegas, who has no, no, no real like connection to anybody here. Mm-hmm. And so I can call him up and I can be like, oh, that guy, Luke, what a dick. And he can be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, he'll be on my side. He'll be my my yes man and I can unload to him. Mm-hmm. And he's one of my best friends. Um, but he's outlying from my main circle. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's very interesting to think about. Because now that I'm like on film shoots and especially when I was mm-hmm. doing theater, it was a a form of camp in a sense especially like a film suit where a film shoot like the commercial i did in las vegas where we all flew out to las vegas we all stayed in the same hotel mm-hmm. uh, we had different rooms but at the beginning of the day we went to go get breakfast we got ready we packed up our shit we went hiking we spent the entire day together we were all super chill talking friends had dinner together we wanted to talk about something that wasn't the shoot and then we're like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? What are your interests? Oh, you've done that. Oh, that's cool. I do this, 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 this. And just being with those people for a week. Mm-hmm. And then the week's over, and you're like, we did the shoot. Cool, thanks. I'll see you when this is out. Hopefully we work together again. And then from that, like, there's one of them that I've kept in constant contact with just because we're cool that way. Mm-hmm. But we're still not like, hey, this is going on in your life. What's up? It's mostly like a professional, ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones, we all follow each other on social media, but it's mostly just like a... Oh, it's so cool that you're filming this here. Oh, it's so cool that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And it's so funny how social media has sort of filled in our friendships for us. Yes. Because there's a lot of things, like, like I think about stuff like, like Jess. Mm-hmm. Jess had a baby. And I feel in my heart and soul that I'm a part of that baby's life because she posts Instagram stories every day of her baby and I'm like, oh my god, that's so cute. He's already, He took a couple of steps. Like, I know all of these things. But in reality, in actual physical reality, that baby wouldn't know who I was. Yeah. If I, if, if I came into the house and was just like, Elsie, how are you doing? He'd be like, but who are you? Who the fuck is this? Why does she know so much about my goddamn life? Right. Which is such a weird place for new generation babies to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's also weird. Yeah. It's so it's so wild because I think about it and I'm just like it feels like you know that weird aunt that your mom would always talk to and you never yeah. like interacted with and so whenever there were family gatherings she would be like, you know, "Oh, hello, Joe. You know, how's how is your hamster Chad doing?" And you'd be like, "Bitch, how do you know I have a hamster and oh, Chad?" What the fuck? What is that? And that's so weird. And now it's like this out of element because it feels stronger. Like, in their olden days. Mm-hmm. Olden italics days. <laughs> um, like, your mom or your dad would, like, tell other people about the stories. But in this one, they can witness it. So, mm-hmm. like, seeing Azzy's first steps, you're like, oh, shit, I'm a part of that. Mm-hmm. I saw this monumental moment in this baby's life. Right, but you're not. But you're not. Yeah. And it's so wild to think about because, like, there's so much of it that replaces it. And, like, I text with Jess, and I love Jess, but in actuality, like, I haven't seen her in months. <laughs> and that kind of, like, thinking about it makes me feel like a shitty friend. <laughs> like, I'm like, I didn't even reach out to her. Like, I should totally be like, let's go out for coffee or let's have drinks or something. But I feel like 
But I then, feel like sated with the social media aspect of it, which is not right. But then that's just another form of high school friendships where you're just like, I'm going to see your Instagram post so I don't need to like kind of check in on you. Right. And if you're constantly giving me this content that's telling me, look at all uh, the cool things I'm doing, look at all these great things, we're mistaking that for that connection because mm-hmm. we're seeing it and we're sharing it. Right. That's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. That is so fucking weird. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's wild. Because there's so many people that I have that kind of relationship with. Mm. Or like, even when we meet up in person, there's like, oh, I did this. I was like, oh yeah, I saw that you did this. And you got to meet that. And then I'm like essentially filling in their stories. Right. And then it's like, do you even need to meet up anymore if you already know what that person's up to? But what, is that and what that's, a and then, is? Yeah. And that's, is that what a friend? I don't no, think it is. I think it's shitty. Is, but yeah. we're, we're acting like it is. Mm. That's so weird. Yeah. I don't like it. It's so wild. I'm on a fucking trip right now. <laughs> I think I got left over high. <laughs> you got left over high. Well, let's move on to Carrie because no, Carrie's got a story. I know they are. Real quick, we yeah. also got to see Charlotte's butt. We, I was like, who's well, technically, who's I think that it's. I think it was a stunt butt. I also think it's a stunt butt because it doesn't have the same shape. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to pretend that it is. Okay. For the, for the sake of the story, we got to see Charlotte's ass. Congrats to us. Congrats to me. <laughs> and to get a needle stuck in it, which I was like, Hugh. Have you ever had shots in the butt? No. Uh, it feels like someone punched you, because it's like a little bruisey, Mm-mm. or a little sore, and you're just like, ugh. It's that thing where you like, stretch your body out, and you're like, oh, that's sore. Ugh, no. Or like, after you do squats, and you're like, oh, shit, my butt's tight. Ugh, let's stretch that out. I don't like it. <laughs> I used to get, uh, what was it? It... Uh, was like a light form of a steroid when I had my when I first diagnosed with my medical condition because they just wanted to check to see that my muscles were working fine and they weren't like weak or atrophy mm. when that wasn't the problem so then we later figured that out but I get shot to my butt and I was like oh, oh. like ah, and ah. it was before I started paying attention to like I, I'm clean I want to set that out but like hygiene and how my body looked mm-hmm. and someone else was giving me my shots and I was like was my asshole hairy ah. did I smell <laughs> They just had to lick my butt, and I was like, oh, like, I'm a clean person. I just kind of took that, like, surface level, and I was like, wait, but was I a clean person? I hope I was a clean person. I hope that that person doing me that favor didn't have to look at a goddamn, like, furry beast mm-hmm. back at the abyss. I had that same thought this morning, because um, Ryan made pulled pork for his, like, movie night thing, and there was some leftover pulled pork, so he made us... A like fakey oh, breakfast. So good. Um, but as he was heating up the pork, the smell like slowly kind of came over, and I got super paranoid because for a minute I was like, "Oh shit, is that me? Do I smell?" <gasps> oh me shit! Constantly. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so worried." I was so worried. I was like, "Okay, you know what, you guys? Like, you can eat this, but I have to go take a shower because clearly I'm having an issue right now." <laughs> but I like for a full minute was like. <gasps> Was that me? It's like a soft scent first, and mm-hmm. you're like, it's not, a, you can't register if it's good or bad yet. Mm-hmm. You're just like, something, there is an odor here. Mm-hmm. You're like, shit, is that, do I smell? Is my armpits? Am I sweaty? Mm-hmm. Did I not clean well? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's wrong? I, mean, I hate, I hate it's, that fucking I'm feeling. so paranoid. I have like this purify essential oil that's supposed to like de stink stuff, like basically a very natural Febreze for yourself. And I keep it in my purse at all times, just in case. Oh, is that the thing that's in the white spray? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing. Because every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I gotta go. (laughs) Um, All right. So, Carrie. Um, Carrie starts out the episode walking into her apartment 
and saying, my building is going co-op. To which Aiden's like, bitch, did you bring the strawberry or the, the, the tomatoes? And she throws the tomatoes at him and goes, my building is going co-op. To which we had to look up because we weren't quite sure. I was like, isn't a co-op good? Like a food co-op? Right. I know. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, doesn't it's, that doesn't sound too bad. But apparently, um, according to the interwebs, a co-op is when you no longer, like you can buy the apartment, but you don't own the apartment. It's like, it's like buying stock in your apartment. And so you like can. It's owned by like a company. So yeah. So it's like essentially investing stock in a company. Mm-hmm. But you live there. And it, that's so wild to think about. I don't know how that benefits anyone except for the corporation. And, like, did the owner of the building just decide to sell it to a corporation? Does this mean that you call the corporation if your plumbing is bad? Like, I don't. It's wild. I know what it means. Real estate's wild. know what it means. Like, yeah. how does that affect people? Right. Because I haven't had that experience. Mine's always been, like, a bit... A, yeah, the apartment complexes own themselves, and they run themselves. Yeah. So I'm like, what does it mean to have a corporation own it? Yeah, that's, like, completely beyond my realm of knowledge. Um, but she's very upset about it, and Aiden says, well, why don't you just buy your apartment? And, which, like, again... What a straight white man thing to say. Right. But that, I, according to what we read about, that doesn't solve anything. So that's what I'm saying. Um, I don't. Which is why I don't understand it. But he's just like, yeah, why don't you just buy your apartment? And she's like, I just had to charge those tomatoes. Which I completely get. But at the same time, like, you know that all of the shoes in your closet right now would outright pay for your apartment. Yeah. There was an article that I was reading that was... And it was specifically for more poor people. More poor people, not really Carrie's situation, but I want to bring it up just to Mm. add some light. But it was why poor people are entitled to have good things just to survive. Mm. Whereas, like, poor people are like, oh, like, this is our DVD collection. It's not big, but, like, we really cherish it. And, like, but we're really struggling on bills this month. Someone's like, why don't you just sell your DVDs? Like... Yeah, you the could, resale value isn't worth it, but well, yeah. I mean, yeah but and I mean, and to be fair, that can still that can be said for Carrie's shoes as well. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like she's actually said this on the show that instead of buying food, mm-hmm. she has bought Vogue because yeah. she felt it fed her more. I like food, bitch. I don't know. <laughs> like, I really like food. My like, problem you with can savings go... right now is that I spend too much money on food. Yeah, I. You can go to the library and read that episode of, or read that episode, read that, yeah, read, read that so subscription cool. of Vogue. Like, you can go like there's there's being there's ways about being smart about things that you love too, and I think there's a balance to be struck. Like, I agree. I'm not saying that people who are in bad situations don't deserve good things. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do. And there are certain points where I feel like everybody has to have that. Like everyone has to have that little something that makes them happy because otherwise life isn't worth living anymore. Yeah. You're like, okay, cool. I'm in my studio apartment with 17 other people. I'm making ends meet. I live paycheck to paycheck. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm not allowed to have something that makes me happy. Cool. What is this all for? Yeah. And it you have to. You know, like, I have food. 
and I will like at least every other month go for a massage. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's difficult as a middle class person mm-hmm. to feel that because I do feel like that's extraneous sometimes, and that I need to be better about not going out to eat or you know not not having as much food in the house or whatever, like planning out my meals so that financially it works a little bit better. Like I should be doing that. But then I think about how shitty it is that there are people out there that will get a massage every two weeks, get their nails done every single week, get a blowout every Monday with their hairstylist. And the fact that they can afford all that without blinking an eye, like makes my soul hurt. Like, I'm like, I want that. I want to be able to do whatever. Like, it would be so nice to have the disposable income to have, quote unquote, play money. Yes. It was so weird because growing up, I thought I was middle class. And then middle class people were like, were sharing stories. And I was like, yeah, this is my middle class story. And they're like, bitch, you're poor. (laughs) You are poor. I was like, no, (laughs) we're middle class. And they're like, you're not even upper poor class. You're poor. You're (laughs) poor, poor. And I was like, oh, oh shit. But like, that's just my mom and my dad being able to like handle their bills well and plan well Mm -hmm. so that we were, we could be advanced enough to have a little bit of play money, but everything was taken care of first. Mm -hmm. And then whatever was after that, but they planned it in in advance enough to like if a bill had to be paid on the 10th it came out of the bill that came out a week before so that you're like okay I already spent the bill for next week this is what we have to play around with and we can either use it as bumper money if something pops up or like this is we'll go eat out or like let's mm-hmm. take them on a little trip and that's mm-hmm. what we were able to do and that's why I was like I'm middle class and they're like no you're poor you just handled money well you were privileged enough to be able to be in a position where you can handle money well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's fucking go- dope. My, my parents were, I think that you, you in the general sense, not you specifically. Um, but I think that people would probably consider my family rich. Mm-hmm. Um, not like own our own horse farm, Fuck rich. You money rich. Um, the ability to have fuck you money rich. But the thing is, my parents were a lot older. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother was recession baby. Mm. So my mom was raised by a woman who taught her that you squirrel away money like crazy. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen. And you don't ever spend it on luxuries. You don't ever spend it on yourself. You don't do things for yourself. You just build up that savings account just in case. case. And so I felt like I grew up poor in the sense that whenever we like went out grocery shopping or whatever, my mom would always use 300 coupons and she would never get me anything that I wanted to get. Like I had very minimal amounts of like toys. Whenever I wanted something, she would always wait until it was not fucking cool anymore to have it. And then she would buy it for me. Yeah. And then I didn't want it. So I was like, a poor spoiled brat. It was really weird. But she's, you know, my mom was able to retire and she's living on the money that she has squirreled away, which is awesome because that's impossible to do in this day and age now. Yeah. 
like without I get paid really well and I still kind of live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And there are like I said, like every other month I will get a massage. That's the thing that I do for me. Yeah. And I will eat out a little too much because I like good food. <laughs> and I hate eating bad food. I still to this day I'm like, why don't we have a pill? That just gives us all of our nutrients, everything that we need, and fulfills, like, us being hungry so that we don't have that hungry feeling. So that when we do go out to eat, it means something. And you can have something really nice. That would be super... That's that's the future I want to live in. And that would actually work out well because we're not cutting... We would be saving so much of natural resources. We wouldn't have to exploit a bunch of farmers and their farmlands. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be taking... Because, like, right now, there's a big quinoa issue. Because, like, America's like, mm-hmm. quinoa, that's where it's at. But, like, the, I think, South American farms where we're doing it, that community based their entire diet off of quinoa because it was native to the land. like, crazy good, And the United yeah. States purchases off of them, so that village is now the, not the, having a staple in their regular diet. Hmm. And that is so fucking weird. Well, and we're raising the prices, so now it's, like, not achievable to people who need it. Yeah, which is so dumb. And that's back to the, the cheap things are going to be the bad things that are for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say, I can spend $50 on three things that are going to last me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or I can take my family and get a $5 meal from Burger King. Well, and, and then it comes back around to happiness. Like, could... I theoretically buy a 10-pound bag of chicken breasts from Costco and live off of it? Yeah. Yes. Will I spend $5 to buy avocados instead because they taste better? Yes. But that would also sound like the meat industry problem that we have right now where it's raising cattle specifically for consumption. Mm Mm-hmm. And oh, what is it like Tyson and one of the major meat companies are the shit that they're pouring out of their factories into like our waters is really, really bad mm. because we are demanding so much meat as a country, specifically, specifically this country. And it is fucking up our system. And then you have cattle that are just having existential crises because they're only raised to die so we could eat them. Mm. And it's so weird. And like all those chickens that are kept in cages that are terrible living conditions that we wouldn't have for people. Right. But because they're animals, we can be like, well, let's treat them terribly. Veal. Yeah, just terrible. Oh, I don't know. calves growing up in tiny little cages so that the meat can be tender. Oh my like, God, that's I what hate we're doing veal. for taste. We are fucking up a living creature's life and body so that when we kill it and eat it, it will taste better for us. That's some bougie shit. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. But we're doing it. Yeah. So just having that pill that has, like, nutrients and diets and supplements would be great. Yeah. And then when you have, like, good meals, you're like, ooh, I am having a meal. I am choosing to sit down to eat this meal Mm -hmm. because it is an event. Yeah, because it's an event. And then it's something that's, like, actually, it means more. Yeah. Because it's not, like, if I went out and I had a steak every day... Oh, that's that steak means nothing anymore to me. I love steak and I and I make sure that it's a special occasion or not even a special occasion just like not every day that I have it. Yeah. But I love it. Like if I could be a boozy piece of shit and well, first of all, I'd invent that pill <laughs> anyway, but if I couldn't, I would absolutely everything would be fucking seafood, fucking steak. No chicken, because I don't like it. 
and it would be insane. It would be so good. And not to mention how much how good that would be for people. Because imagine people who are full of nu- their daily nutrients. Mm-hmm. It's one pill, so no one's skipping any meals. In this case, right. you just have to take your pill. Yeah. It would cut down snack consumption. Mm-hmm. And like, if snacks make you happy, okay, cool. But it would cut down snack consumption because mm-hmm. we eat snacks in order to fill out a meal. You're like, I'm just going to have a few bites of this and I'll be fine. Yep. Because I'm getting something in my body. Poor people would have access to it. So poor people would die because they're hungry or they wouldn't have to sell all the shit just to be able to afford food mm-hmm. or, daily, or something that we need. Oh my god, that would be so incredible. I know, that's like my dream. I wish I was a scientist because that's what that would be the main thing that I would focus on is that. It would be so easy to get that out to like countries that are a little bit more poor. Or like thermal. Yeah, so people don't fucking die from hunger, which is awful. That has everything that you need. Yeah. Every pill that's created has several side effects, so let's get the great version of this pill that has no side effects. It's Mm -hmm. just like a vitamin capsule. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like the ultimate multivitamin. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great to, like, have that? To know that, like, you woke up in the morning and you took this pill and you were healthy. Like, that's the equivalent of, like, eating salad and being as healthy as you could be. Yeah, and having... Because nobody has a balanced meal. Like, everybody either goes... It means nothing anymore. Is that quinoa avocado chicken? Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's... Water with lime. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh my god, how did we get here? We just solved world hunger. We solved the food crisis. <laughs> talking about... Talking about Sex in the City. Yeah, so co-op. We started oh, with the co-op. Yeah. Oh my god. So Aiden offers to buy her place, which doesn't make any sense. And she was like, you can do that? Like, you have the money for that, Mr. Moneybags? And he's like, uh, yeah. Look at me. <laughs> Ooh, bitch, we are looking. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay. I didn't realize that owning a furniture store in New York City afforded you such luxuries, but all right. So he said that he would sell his place, buy the place next to hers and hers, and turn it into like a super apartment. A super apartment. And I was just like, that's some commitment. Okay. Like, that's a lot. She is overwhelmed with this, says she'll think about it, decides that she will be okay with that. But in the meantime, she's going through his stuff and finds a ring. A ring. Which pissed me the fuck off. Okay, yes. I just, this is, I'm gonna, I know this is already a really long episode, but I need to go off we on this. We this a two-parter. We might. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, I love a good two-parter. <laughs> now we're going to have to find where it is and just, like, cut it off. I don't know. Actually, no. This has only been an hour, and usually ours is an hour and a half, so no two-parter for you guys. I mean, but there's still But there's a still, lot there's a lot to through. go through. We'll figure it out. Um, this will be it. This will be, it'll be, it's, check in next episode to see how we wrap up Carrie's storyline. Oh, my what to say about that. God. First of all, she's, after that conversation, <laughs> she's like, ugh. Aiden doesn't live here, but his stuff's, like, everywhere. And so let me figure out that Aiden's a pig and just leaves his clothes everywhere. Which I'm like, no, this is how I set dress when I'm just like, ooh, aren't they messy? So I know it's super bad. Mm. That's not how someone is. And then she's putting the stuff away in his, like, duffel bag. And then that's when she goes searching because she's like, wait, what's that? And then pulls out a ring. First of all, keep your fucking hands out of someone else's shit. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I don't care if you see that diamond ring right on top. 
that's not for you to look at, examine, pick up, move, mm-hmm. and then build your whole world around it. Yeah. Mind your own fucking business. Also, get him a fucking dresser drawer, Carrie. She has enough space. She has plenty of... There's room in that oven for him to put his fucking... Exactly. He could fit in his entire wardrobe into that oven. Now that he's over and cooking, maybe they don't have room in the oven. Maybe they don't. Okay, well, get one of those Walmart pop-up closets. But still, like, her closet is pretty substantial for New York City. She can move over a little bit of Chanel for a couple of his shirts. Like, she can make it work. She's not trying to let him in. No, she's not. But, like, still, I would do that. Like, I feel like... If someone spends enough time at my place mm-hmm. to that degree that they need to have a place to put their own shit. Like, I would make a drawer for someone. Relationship or not, honestly. Like, I I watch Emily and Ryan's place so often that, like, I joke to them. I'm like, y'all, I need a, I need a drawer. I can't keep bringing my soap back and forth in here. And, like, I need a soap container. This is stupid. I just need to keep it here. <laughs> And they laughed, and I was like, but I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> like, no, but for real. Um, so she, I hate this. I hate, she goes to the girls, and they all judge the shit out of this ring, mm-hmm. which is a pear-cut diamond with a gold band. Which is ugly. Which, okay. It was. Okay. Yes. I'll give you that. But that's not what it's about. And any person, who, or I don't know, from my perspective... We, we, you said you had stories. I have, I have From a story. From my perspective, <laughs> it's not about what the fuck the ring looks like. And if you're upset about what the fuck the like, ring looks like, as opposed to what it means and what that person's trying to convey to you by saying, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Mm-hmm. You're like, ew, but the ring is ugly. That upsets me. Yeah. That upsets me and what I stand by. And then it becomes the repeated concept that marriage is dumb and a sham. It's super gross and materialistic. So I have this diatribe that I go off on when it comes to wedding Ooh, she's rings. she's closing that notebook. Oh, she is I'm going setting shit down. Off. All right. So. Oh, she's getting ready. Oh, she's sat up. I'm ready. Flip the hair the other way. Let us know. Let us Here's know. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've had this since I was 16 years old. This opinion. This diatribe. And it still holds just as true today as it did then. Mm. Which is, there are people, there are women out there that expect a man to pay X months worth of salary towards this ring to show that they're committed to this relationship, that they're in it for the long haul for whatever reason they want. Like, insert BS reason here. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so angry because I feel like those women deserve nothing because that relationship if that's what you're expecting out of somebody is already doomed you should be thrilled in love so over the moon excited that someone wants to marry you and there shouldn't be any monetary value associated with your relationship yes if someone could propose you with a piece of string and wrap around your finger if the metaphor is this is a sign that I want to spend my life with you. Yeah. This is a token, if you need something physical, me saying, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And it could be a cup. It, it could be... It, it doesn't have to be paper. anything. It, it can be, be words. But just saying, I want this for you. Will you please accept me into your life? Mm-hmm. Let's do this thing together. And if you're like, is that a pear-shaped diamond? Yeah. Is that a gold band? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me and then the rule they're like it has to be three months salary 
or three months, three months, whatever. Yeah, I think that's what it was, three months salary, whatever. But it's, that's. That is so fucking stupid. Where do you expect him to come up with that much money? And are you not going to get engaged? Are you not going to get engaged because someone's poor? Yeah. And that's what. person's not worthy of your love? Like, are you also coming with a dowry? Like, are you going to give his family seven goats? Or, like, how 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 much further back do you want to go in this stupid, bullshit, archaic thing? And a question to fit the new tradition, or the new standard where we're progressive now. Everybody's equal in a relationship. Cool. He spent three, five, seven thousand dollars on a ring. What are you spending money on? What are you buying? What are you buying for him? Nothing? Yeah. Why? Oh, because he's a man and he has to do this. Okay, 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 cool. So there's added pressure for him, one, to spend a bunch of money that he may not have just to prove to you how much he loves you. He has to set up this entire proposal, which can be very nerve-wracking, and still have the potential to say no. It's not guaranteed. Mm Mm-hmm. And then show you a ring, and, like, based off of how we teach men to do, men don't know what the fuck a ring is. Men don't know what a pear-shaped is. A pear-shaped diamond. Men don't know how many carrots there are in something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when we're saying, like, traditional men don't. Who cares about diamonds? That's not for men. So if man goes out and says, I think she might like this. Right. I'm not so sure. I bought you this ring. And for you to be like, I love you. I've spent a great amount of time with you. Everything that we've built together is great. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to marry you because this ring is ugly. <laughs> what the f- You're a terrible person. Fuck? You shouldn't be getting married to anybody at that point. I, what that's the so- f- Fuck. materialistic and shitty <sighs> and i yeah i hate it i hate the ring tradition period mm-hmm. because not only is it something like it's so territorial as well yeah it's like and hey, yeah don't come after this one mm-hmm. she's taken yeah and who only wears an engagement ring the woman the man still gets to be a fuck man Still gets to show the world that he's whatever. And it's still so archaic for, like, people to be like, oh, yeah, there was this guy who's, like, talking to me, and I looked, and he didn't have a ring, so whatever. Like... Like, you don't know his life. Because traditionally, men don't wear engagement rings. Because girls aren't buying the rings for them. And sometimes, guys don't wear wedding rings either. My dad, who, by the way, was a geologist, so he knew about precious metals. Yeah. And everything in between. And he was, like, honestly, very... Like, he he taught me to look out for certain things and for certain things to be high-end and what to watch out for and what to, like, you know, see in that kind of thing. While at the same time being like, this is a rock. Like, you could come out on a job site with me and we could find a diamond bigger than this one. Yeah. At Zales for $500. We can find it in the dirt in Elko. So, like, what does that even mean? So, also, diamonds... Yeah. Are bullshit. Yes. And we're like, oh, get your girl diamonds. Because that's in that. Bitch, everybody's got fucking diamonds. Diamonds aren't shit. It's a, cheap. It's a fucking diamond industry. Like, it was legit. The whole the whole thing of, like, a wedding ring was all materialistic from the beginning. Yes. All of the, like, precious metal companies, like, the whole, like, all of the Zales, the Hellsberg, whatever, like, whatever the da- dude's name is. What was it? Jared's? Like, Jared. Yeah. Jared's. K, jewelry, jewelry, all of them. All of them, it just... They perpetuate something being rare 
so that you associate it with like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Oh like God, I'm special. I'm doing I have, the same thing that everybody else is doing. But yeah. I'm special about like it. I have the canary diamond, bitch. That just that just means somebody peed in a diamond. That looks ugly. Like that doesn't. That's a fucking dad on that. That it's so. I hate it. I hate that kind of materialism, and it gives me anxiety. So Chad knew my opinion on this, mm-hmm. and did not get me an engagement ring. Um, and then everybody started asking where my engagement ring was. And then I would have to go on this whole diatribe again. You just have a speech for you. Like, I did. I have a whole speech program. I'm like, listen, <laughs> here we go. And it was, like, so exhausting that he's just like, let's just get you a fucking ring. And so we went out and we bought me an engagement ring so that people would shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. I love it. But... It makes me angry that society made us buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, if, if these are the ways you choose to represent or show your affection for something, like, that's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's the ingrained notion that this is how it's supposed to be done. These are the rules on how you're supposed to do it. You have your part. I play my part. This is what we have to do it. I, that's the bullshit that I fucking hate. Mm-hmm. And who's to say what people like and don't like as once you get, once you dig into it. Like, Carrie's like, oh, it was pear-shaped and it was gold. And Miranda was like, you wear gold. And she's like, yeah, like ghetto gold for and fun. I, first of all, we don't have time to unpack all that. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's. That. And the fact that, like, gold... Yes, is more common than diamonds, fine. But the fact that you are, like, if you're going to love precious metals, then love them all equally. <laughs> like, fucking metal. Like, it's fucking, gold is gold. And when you when it really comes down to it, real gold is duller than pyrite, which is called fool's gold, which is, like, way sparkly and cute. Like, Which is what we sell because it is sparkly and shiny. And that it's, but it's pirate. It's full, like literally, like people who panned for gold back in the day called it fool's gold. And it's like, is that what you mean by getting gold? Like, are you wearing pirate shit? Like, either way, you're right. Too much to unpack in that rude AF. Also, I think gold's ugly. I fucking hate rose gold. Yeah. It's ugly times two. I have always been fairly unconventional with liking certain precious metals. Mm -hmm. I think copper is gorgeous. Okay. And I love that when copper oxidizes, it turns green, (laughs) which is even more beautiful. I love an evolutionary metal. (laughs) Not everybody enjoys that. And then it's not something that necessarily is considered beautiful because it was more considered, um, like, how do I say this? More practical. Yeah. Like you see copper wiring or copper piping, it's but like, you oh. but you don't see you know copper rings or like copper jewelry. But I think that it's a beautiful. I think it's more beautiful than rose gold. <laughs> it's pretty. People who are in love with rose gold, I was like, you're entitled to it. I am not here to tell you that you are wrong. It mm-hmm. is my opinion. But that shit's fucking ugly. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the metals pretty much. 
They just think they're all ugly. Yeah. I'm not really, I'm not, again, I'm not really a jewelry fan. So it's not, it's neither here nor there. But then imagine like the, if you want to, if you're ingrained to be traditional, but you still are progressive enough to say, I would spend the rest of my life with you. It's a conversation you have. Mm-hmm. You don't surprise somebody. Mm-hmm. You don't take them by surprise and you're like, hey, you didn't see this coming. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you to marry me. Yeah. But you have that conversation and then both of you are just like, you know what? I think it's time. Let's get married. Let's get married. Cute. And mm-hmm. then you're like, would you like a ring? Yes. Would you, would you like, like a, a ring? ring? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Let's go get a set or we can get two different rings, whichever. But let's go shopping. Let's mm-hmm. go shopping together. Yep. Is this something in our wheelhouse? Mm-hmm. What's our limit? Okay, cool. You like this ring? You know what? That's a little bit out of our wheelhouse, but you know what? That's the one you want. We're looking at them together. I'll make that happen. Mm-hmm. Cool. That happens. That happens. That happens. You are all ready. And then it's a big date. And then you're just like, the entire time, the communication has been pretty. There's no, you're not trying to fast forward anything. You're saying, let this take its, let this take its own time. Mm-hmm. What What's our wedding going to look like? Mm-hmm. Who do we want to invite? Okay. Let's get that planned out. And then let's set a date. Because now we have it all planned out as opposed to setting the date and then struggling and running and rushing and stressing ourselves out. Mm-hmm. Let's just do that. Let's have a long engagement. Mm-hmm. Long engagements are the best. I can't see why your entire relationship can't be one along, really run long engagement. Yeah, I if, challenge. I was like, my ideal marriage situation is me and my partner slash partners mm-hmm. being together for 30, 40, 50 years because we haven't gotten tired of each other. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh shit, the state recognizes this is a civil union. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Do you want to get married? <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, cool. We're married. And then we go to the courthouse, take one witnesses each, have a party maybe or just go to dinner it's not about anybody else but if other people want to celebrate with us then that's, that's fine cool. that's yeah. neat mm-hmm. thank you thank you for being invested in how happy i am let's have a little party let's figure this out cool and he's like that's so anti-special and it's like it's special it to you to be special in that way yeah to mean something yeah and it doesn't i'm writing a new script which is uh two people in love and one of them is the giant fireworks kind of love mm-hmm. and the other person's a small intimate like it's just you and me we don't have to showcase mm-hmm. our to anybody else and it's their kind of relationship there's also another bit that i'll talk to you after mm-hmm. the podcast because i really want to do it one day and i saw john about it and john walked out of the room because <gasps> it got to a part but it was so and it's just that concept of does one type of love matter more than the other one does yeah. it make the other one inauthentic mm-hmm. and it doesn't but i just i'm i'm on the side of why does it have to be this grand and special and magnificent thing that like is showcasing for other like you have to prove to other people how much how special your relationship is i was like you're pairing off and coupling and reproducing you're not special you're doing what is what society is expecting you to do yeah exactly and if you found someone that you like cool people do that constantly it's not special but that doesn't take away the value of what you have being special Mm mm-hmm Exactly. Just be fucking happy. Who yeah. cares about the standards that other people are holding you up to? If you found someone who makes you happy, be happy. That's the truth about everything ever. Do what makes you happy. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, if it makes you happy, then... If it's if it makes you happy and it's not hurting others, then it's the right thing to do. Yeah. For everything. That every is- situation, every occasion, every everything. And, like... There's a little bit of gray room there where you're like, well, if this makes you happy, I'm going to make someone else unhappy. What do you decide to do? And for me, it's like, if something makes you unhappy, figure out why it's making you unhappy. Is it making you unhappy for a real reason? 
or are you just involved in someone else's business? Okay, cool. Shut up. And then the happy people are like, are you, does it make you happy? Or do you have, are you happy knowing that someone else doesn't have something that you have? Mm. So there's a little bit of gray area, but I think for the most part, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, mm-hmm. do whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. gives a fuck about these made up bull- bullshit standards it's that bullshit i had a burp it was bullshit and you had a burp that was so great Uh, and it just upsets me so much and i want to put this on but once it's ingrained into people's dna like you have to do it there's so many yeah the rules we reinforce them in the content that we watch like Mm -hmm. every girl movie's like oh my god got your ring was it the ring is it the right. one you wanted yeah three months of salary no okay mm-hmm. or then you have the guy reaching out to like the, his girl's best friend's like what kind of ring does she want blah 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 she's like oh my god okay so we're gonna get the most expensive ring just to prove to her how much you love her and then we're gonna mm-hmm. do this this she wants this one i'll help you get a ring size but remember you have to spend this much and if you want to make it extra special six months six yeah. months salary he's like I had a friend who had all of these crazy standards where she was like, yeah, um, I'm seeing my boyfriend right now. And he knows that within a year, I would like him to propose. I would like the ring to be at least seven months of his salary. And then we're going to get married uh, within two years after that. In five years, I would like to have our first child. Uh, after, like, two years after that, I want to have our second child. And then I'm going to have my tubes tied. I'm going to have my boobs done. I'm going to have a tummy lift. And then, like, then she'll ride off into the sunset. Listen, I love a bitch with a plan. I definitely do. <laughs> That's that Charlotte way of thinking where it doesn't matter who the other person is. It yes. It doesn't matter their opinion. Exactly. You don't value them yeah. as a person. Mm-hmm. And that's not how life works. Nope. You can't, if you set up a life goal for yourself, a life plan, mm-hmm. you're like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to get done. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Set. Awesome. A yeah. lot of people don't have that. And that actually helps guide you. Bringing another person in, you cannot add someone to your life and then be like, this is the schedule that we're sticking to. Right. Yeah. You can converse with them. You're like, this is what I saw for myself. Mm-hmm. These are how I feel. How do you feel? And the other person, and the other person can say, "I like your life plan. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. And if Let's that works, that's great. Our life plan. Yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you need to recognize that there is another person you are introducing into your life, and they come with their own shit. Mm-hmm. They come with all their own baggage. They come with all their own truths, all their own experiences, all their own goals and dreams and aspirations. And they're what shit that makes them happy. Yeah, and it's about melding your two ideals together and making it work. And that's how an ideal relationship should work. Mm-hmm. Is you're like, this is what I'm bringing. Mm-hmm. What are you bringing? Okay, cool. I'm trying to get there. Where are you trying to get? It? Okay, mm-hmm. same location. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Does all of our stuff fit in the same car? No? Okay, so I'm willing to leave this. What are you willing to leave? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You know what? You have this and I have the same thing. How about let's make it one thing and then we don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. And if there are certain things where you're like, no, I need this, I need this, you don't fit in the same car, then you that go, relationship's not for you. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, and it's totally fine. You don't totally have to fine. be angry and mad at someone and be like, well, fuck you for not doing this and fuck you for not adhering to what I wanted and I gave up so much and blah, blah, blah. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. But you can say, you know what? I'll see you over there. Mm-hmm. I hope you make it over there. I hope you find a way, whether that be with yourself, with another person, in a caravan, mm-hmm. somehow, I hope that you make it your way because I have to go my way this way. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. I figured it out. He you did it. Done. He, we fixed everything. We fixed world hunger. We fixed relationships. I'm so mad. You're welcome. That not everybody in the fucking world listens to this goddamn thing. We <laughs> right? solved so many fucking problems. It's insane how many problems we solve. 
And I feel like we've almost answered the question that she couldn't help but wonder, um, which was in matters of love, how do you know when it's right? And you just don't. You don't until you do. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, hindsight, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. Hindsight, I was ready. Yeah. And there, um, I still forget if we've hit this this episode in the series yet. I don't think we have. But just the fact that one of the characters says um, men are like like taxis. Oh, we, we hit it. Like, yeah, we did it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah the, like, when you're, line. yeah, when you're, when their light is on, they're ready for a relationship, and the next person that they meet is the next person that they make their life with. Yeah. And I think that can be said for females as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that's just a man thing. I think when you're ready, you're just ready, and it can happen. Like, my ideal of what my future is, because I was, I was a kid, I was an introvert, I did a lot of daydreaming about where my life was headed. I'm very future-oriented even now to the point where, like, Ryan will ask me a question and I'll be quiet for a while and he'll be like, that wasn't supposed to be a stumper. Like, I just asked you what you wanted for dinner later. <laughs> and, I have, and I have to be like, no, no, no. Like, I have to think about it because, like, our friend Emily is allergic to pork and I'm seeing her later and so I really shouldn't have pork because she's, like, highly allergic to pork. Mm-hmm. Like, so much so that it makes me nervous to have pork the day that I know that I'm going to see her. Yeah. And so I had to think about it. I'm like, okay, what do I want? Well, I can't have pork because I'm going to go see Emily later. And, like, I go into my whole... In my brain, I go into this whole thing. And I've done that. I did that as a kid, and I do that now, where I go into, like, where my life could potentially be heading. Like, when I was a kid, it was one of two different directions. Both of them, I was single. One of them, I was super happy being 110% by myself in a beach house in Malibu. Editor, uh, editor of a magazine. Uh, like the dream. I, th- that was my ultimate dream. I had like pets. That's it though. All by myself. Blissful. And the other, I was a foster parent, had a whole bunch of kids in my house we were all one big family we all worked together as a team and it was a a perfect little family that we all got along and you know everything was super great Mm -hmm. i was still single but as i meet people as i date as i open myself up those things will always be slightly changed yeah like, I didn't think that I would have the job that I have now, and I love the job that I have now, and I want to keep it for as long as possible. So that kind of leaves out the commute to Malibu. Mm. So, it's which is fine. It's fair. But, like, people that I meet, I'm like, okay, well, this one guy, you know, doesn't want kids. Which is fine. That another guy does want kids. And if it works out between us... I wouldn't be opposed to having them, but it just depends on the person in the relationship. But I like everyone's future is pretty pliable. Uh-huh. It's just about who's it worth it to change. Right. And yeah. you can't make that decision. You don't, you don't ever know. You don't ever know when it's right. Chad yeah. and I were in the end together for like 15 years and we just didn't grow together in the same way. And it's sad, but it happens. But it's okay. Yeah, and it's okay because okay. I still 
love him dearly and I want the best for him. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's again, it's sad, but it's not devastating. Yes, you can survive everything that happens to you. Yeah. And up until this moment, you have survived everything that has happened to you. Mm-hmm. You could be struggling, you could be fine. Or you could be soaring, but you have survived everything. Mm-hmm. And that's always okay. Good, bad experiences. There, I don't think... Uh, for the most part, there's no bad experiences. There are experiences that you can learn from. Yeah, I always say and, that there's no mistakes. There's just learning yes. experiences. And that comes with like the thing like... Yeah, if you get sexually assaulted, that's bad. That's a bad experience. Yes. So it, it's... And there's a few more options where I'm like... No, yeah, that's a bad experience Mm -hmm. that's not what this is about right this is about the context of you a a regular life where severe negative impact doesn't hit you Mm -hmm. it's just a normal life yep but it's fine and like back to the metaphor you can decide this is how we're gonna travel together together we're in the same car we've left this we've Mm -hmm. left this we're ready to get there together and then you put on music and you're like are you fucking kidding me we're gonna listen to yodel for nine hours i don't want to (laughs) Cars' metaphors is my favorite. You're welcome. I hate cars. <laughs> they scare me. But, um, like, even after that, you can be fully prepared. Both of you could have given so much. And maybe a year or two down the road, new experiences are always happening. And you can say, oh, no. I'm not in this anymore. Mm-hmm. That goal is now not my goal. Mm-hmm. And if you're still traveling in the car together, thinking that everything's fine and trying to figure it out, but that's not your destination anymore... You either get to that destination, you're like, well, I'm 1,500 miles away from where I wanted to be, or you find a new destination and you're like, hey, I'm so sorry, you can drop me off here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go that way. And that, you, that's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that what you had was inauthentic or wasn't real or wasn't meant to last. It was, no, it, it mattered when it mattered and it happened and you got what you needed from it. And that, what a beautiful feeling to have. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to go in two different ways. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it, maybe down the road. God, this metaphor just keeps blending itself to itself. I'm That's telling, weird. I'm telling you, Cars' oh, metaphors wow. is perfect. Um, but it could, you could meet again and be like, "Hey, weird, we're going to the same location. Mm-hmm. Well, I have some room. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go together." Or you never meet up again. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, we did it. We did it. We solved all of life's mysteries. All right, let's solve the mystery that is fucking Carrie Bradshaw. Why she's um okay. So she let's see here. So um she was upset about the ring. Um then she was upset that he hadn't proposed to her yet and then couldn't find the ring and was losing her mind calling Miranda. Miranda was like, "Listen, bitch, I said I was out and I'm out." Mm-hmm. And um so they're walking Pete, the dog. And Carrie's like, why do I have to go out with a dog? (laughs) Carrie, I'm annoying. Um, And and Aiden gets down to pet the dog because she was like, oh, you know, Pete loves me. Pete would never leave me. And so he, you know, bends down to pet the dog and is just like, you know, hey, buddy, yeah, you do, yeah, you love her, mm. and and then he's like, oh, do you have a do you, do you have a little poop bag for for Pete? And she's like, oh, this just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> and she's not looking, and he's like, hey, could you hold this for me? And she pull she puts out her hand without even like paying attention, which they were just talking about poop. I would yeah. not do that. That's a lot of trust right there. <laughs> so she puts out her hand, and he puts the ring box in her hand. 
And she does not expect it. And it's super crazy. And also, I want to backtrack a little bit to say that she, when she first found the ring, she threw up. Like, she was that upset by it. And so she was clearly not ready. hysterically at, because, like, this is hilarious. And I love it. (laughs) And so she gets the ring. He says, go ahead, open it up. She opens it up. And she was like, oh, my God, it's such a beautiful ring. Totally giving away that she saw it already. The whole thing. Like, he knows. He knows. Um, We find out later that Samantha actually swooped in and was like, bitch, let me help you. Dear God. Which was so cute. Yes. I was like, oh, fuck, this bitch has got me. But also, I do love the fact that Aiden was like, no, I knew that, like, this was, like, more you. I returned it. I had a different ring, but... Um, I didn't feel like it was that it's that was spoke to who you are as a person. Imagine having a boy who cares and knows about you that much. Right? Like, I, that boy. <laughs> like I don't even have that. I don't even know. I would not know what I would like. And that's actually pretty funny because Chad loved jewelry and things like that more than I did. And so all of the nice jewelry that I own to this day is his birthstone. <laughs> And not mine. <laughs> but it's so cute. But it's a beautiful birthstone, to be fair. Mine's aquamarine. It's totally this, like, nasty, like, clear blue. It's not great. It's, like, it's not a good birthstone. And his is a sapphire. And it's much more, like, deep blue beautiful. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I still wear it. It's still gorgeous. But also, it's sort of weird to be wearing somebody else's birthstone. But... Yeah, it was so sweetly done. And I love the could you hold this for me for a second trope. Yeah. This uh, we were they were walking down the street. Mhm. Talking about the dog. She's in a shitty outfit and I'm like, "Uh, oh, but how nice when you just put your barn and you're like, I can wear a shitty outfit. It's okay." Mhm. It's not those new stages, which like really reinforced like that's a really good way to show how mu- how close they are. It's the fact that she doesn't have to. She just feels comfortable, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. And they're walking together, and I was like, oh, oh, wait, wait, these things a little. And then he got down on one knee to pick up the poop. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, and then he was like, oh, my God, he's down on one knee. And then I was like, okay, we're both picking up on it. <gasps> this is going to happen. Us, like, what happened? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. This is going to happen. And then I was like, like, oh, no. And my hand was covering my mouth. Because people mistake me that I think romance is awful and dumb and worthless and terrible time. When it works, when it's good, I can still fall into those things. So I was watching this and, like, Matt, hands covering Margaret <laughs> Stefan from fucking SNL. I was like, oh, oh my god! Oh my god, the ring! And then New York's hottest like, club is Aiden. <laughs> oh my god, I'd be in there every single fucking night. Better believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just so into it. And then she so opened sweet. up the box and it was mm-hmm. a different ring. And I was like, oh! And it was a very, it was a, it was a pretty ring, but it was still just a different cut of diamond. I honestly was, I didn't even, it, for me in my mental capacity, it just said new ring. Right. There was no actual image. It was just a sensor button that said new pretty <laughs> ring. And I was like, oh my God. See, and the only reason that I know about, you know, geology and rings and crap like that is why I was like, okay, so it wasn't a pear-shaped diamond, but it was a square-cut, um, like, prism-shaped. I was just like, okay, but it was still the same band. It was still the same basic premise. It was just a different cut of diamond. 
So you're literally just saying that pear-shaped is shitty and square is better. Is that not what society says? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, in terms of people, we don't like pear-shaped people, but we love squares. Fair enough. <laughs> Nerds are in. <laughs> Mini episode, me, you go ring shopping. We're like, mm, that ring, I like it for these reasons, these reasons, these <gasps> And then if someone wants to propose to us, they have all the they information. Know. Oh my god. I'm gonna, for the picture for this, I feel like I'm gonna set out all of my wedding rings and put them on the Sex and the City book. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. So that everybody can see my engagement ring, my first wedding ring and wedding band, and for our 10-year anniversary, we got new bands. Gorgeous. So I'm just going to set them all out. Um, wrapped up in that moment, the new thing, and then Aiden smiles at her, and then Carrie's having her inner monologue. She's like, I went with all my heart said, because you can't be ready. And she said yes, and I was like, ah! oh Yeah. Because she, because it was so overwhelming for her, and she was so overcome with emotion, but in the end, it still didn't, it's still not the right thing for her to do. Like, when you moment, find out yeah. about it, and you throw up... That is a bad sign. And I think they're back to the gray area. It could be an initial reaction of not being prepared, but then she prepared herself and that that allowed her to have the conversation. Potentially. So yeah, she was yeah. like, okay, if you would have surprised me by proposing to me, maybe that would have been her reaction. That's a whole nother narrative. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she was able to talk about it, talk about her feelings, talk about her feelings with her friends who were like, yay this or nay this. Yeah. And that kind of gave her a perspective mm-hmm. or at least an, a mirror to be able to look back at her ideas maybe the yes felt authentic to her yeah i still don't think it's the right call because it's all a lot of things at once mm-hmm. and for me that just doesn't suit my thing but for her i i can recognize that maybe she believes that it felt authentic yeah oh yeah in the moment i'm sure she felt like it was the right thing to do but spoiler alert it wasn't mm. <laughs> so that's the episode do you have anything to add joe Yes, two okay. things. One, it's so funny that we're talking about this, because and I drew a fake tattoo on me, because <laughs> me and my siblings were planning on getting a sim- a, the same tattoo on our wedding fingers. Mm. So as opposed to like, oh, we're going to get married and our heart belongs to those people, it's our heart belongs to us as a family first. Because like, we've, we've had to go through a lot of things together as a yeah. small family. Mm. We haven't had the benefit of our extended family reaching out and caring about us. Although we're like, we're in connect we're connected and in contact with our extended family. It just hasn't worked out for us as a whole in terms of what we want in our lives and the happiness that we choose and what they value. So it's just been like me, my brother, my sister, and my mom. And think, and I have the privilege of uh, my dad's still in the picture Mm -hmm. and my dad isn't their biological dad. Um, And then he has kids from a previous relationship that I'm also very close to. Mm -hmm. And then I get to be close with his family. Mm. Um, My brother and my sister, our mom's side of the family is where we have the most issues. But since their dad's not in the picture, they're not really, really close to the other side of the family either. Mm. So for the most part, all of us, it's just like, it's us. Mm -hmm. It's us against the world. And I think that has helped so much because we're so open, so honest with each other. We talk to each other like we care about each other. We're friends and family. There's no, like, you're my brother first and then my sister. You're my mom first and then my friend. Mm. It's fam. We are family because we choose to be because we are by blood and we're also friends. Mm. And that makes me so happy. And our, um, we also have a family thing. So my brother's name is Mario. My sister's name is Trini and my name is Joe. 
And we created this little family thing. So, because none of us have the same last name. Mm. So it's like, what if we, what if we do our own family thing? So now it's Madrico, which is M-A for Mario, T-R-I for Trini, and J-O for Joe. Mm-hmm. And my sister has it tattooed on her. My brother has it tattooed on him. And I'm waiting to get the inspiration to put it on my body. Not mm-hmm. that I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, how would I do it? And how would it look? And where do I want it? So I'm still waiting on that. It's not... It's not that I don't want it. And then my mom has a banner that she has up in her house because she's not a tattoo person, but mm. she still want this. To, I'm, still, I'm still good in it. And her yeah. name is Maria, so she still gets to be incorporated with the MA. Uh-huh. So it's super cute. Mm. And then I was like, oh. I was like, I can't wait to have a little tattoo on my wedding finger that's like, I'm connected and these are the people that I give my heart to. And it's my brother, my sister, and my mom. Yeah. Oh. And, and then if I ever get married, like, it'll be, I won't think of it as like, covering it up with the wedding band mm-hmm. but it'll be just all together because mm-hmm. it would have to be the person right. would have to marry would have to be to be together to be cool with your family yeah i was gonna say to me a member of my family and i was like wait, if, wait no 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 no, not that way but yeah they would have to be the family if, like and they would have to be cool with my siblings they would have to be cool with my mom right those kinds of things and i was like oh we'd all be together that'd be so nice that's so sweet yeah. That's the ultimate. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. You do. <laughs> they said it. They spoke the truth. They and did. We are living it. The Spice uh, Girls are 2008. We're 2000 and late, man. <laughs> they said it. Oh, that's uh, so. That's such a sweet sentiment. I love that. I keep. I keep forgetting, and then I keep getting reminded, and it makes me so happy that I am truly surrounded by people who care about me. I am surrounded by people who want the best for me who maybe their ways haven't always been the best thing that I needed, but it's always been at a good intention to be like, let me help you. Here's mm-hmm. how I think I can help you. And then them respecting me. I'm like, here's how I need you to help me. Here's what, if you want to help me, here's what I'm asking of you. Mm-hmm. And then people adjusting to that there. And it's not my family. It's my friends. It's my close friends. It's my best friends. It's people that are in my professional network that are this like bubble. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why, why do I feel like I'm not worth it sometimes? Mm. when all of these people are reminding me constantly that I am a good person, that they care about me. And these are all smart people. So it's not someone's like, "Mm, I'm here because I'm dumb and I don't know any better. It's these (laughs) people who are like, I look at and I'm inspired by and I want to do them proud. And all these people are saying, you're worth my time. Mm. So that's incredible. And you shouldn't get your worth from other people. That's not what I'm saying. But the fact that every now and then I just get It's still nice and reassuring. Yes. And I'm like, oh... My God, I am so fucking privileged that I've had all these incredible, beautiful people who are here to support me, who are here to whatever whim, if it becomes a whim or becomes something bigger that I'm here for, they're like, I support you. I want you to do what's best. Here is my opinion if you want it, but you can leave it on the table if you don't. Mm -hmm. But this is the communication that we have created this channel. Here's what I can provide. Like, that is so fucking cool. (sighs) Look at me now. Like you. (sighs) Wearing fucking sweatpants and a tank top. Oh like, my. Like, not done. Listen. This is... I feel beautiful because I'm loved. <laughs> Ugh, now I know what that bitch was talking about and I feel pretty. That's how <laughs> Finally. I feel. I feel pretty and it's not because a boy likes me. It's because these people that I admire and love. Are amazing. And love. Mm. love me. Mm. Bitches. <laughs> You're so cute. I love you, Joe. I love you, babe. <laughs> very much for everything that you are. Thank you. And for who you are and for the opportunity that you've allowed me both professionally and as your friend. I love you. You're so beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to cry and then write in my burn book so I don't feel like too <laughs> You're like, people still suck, though. <laughs> he just very nice and treats me kindly and opens her house up to me and we have this cool thing going on together. <laughs> uh, 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 but... 
Buzz Bone. She didn't spray me with her good smelly shit, so fuck that bitch. <laughs> no, instead I just projected and I was just like, do you need to pee? Do you need more mm-hmm. water? Because I need to pee and I need more water. <laughs> I love those people. Those people are so fun to me. Mm. Like, you can see a certain level of it mm. because there's someone asking you a question and someone's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And then you're mm-hmm. like, do you need this? And they're like, I do. I do. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to listen because like there can be comedic moments where you're like, do you have to be? Are you sure? Do you mm. have to be? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have to be? Yeah, I have to be. But in other places, sometimes that's how people ask for help mm-hmm. is by asking how they can help you. Yeah. There, there was um, a moment yesterday. I was going to leave the house for work and um, I looked out looked out the window and it was raining and it said that it was going to be snowing later. And I was just like, Oh, for crying out loud. So I went back in my room, changed my shoes to, you know, waterproof shoes and came out. And I was just like, Oh, I don't have the jacket for this weather because I don't, I don't have a jacket. Like I don't have like a light jacket that can also be waterproof. Like I just don't own it. And so I was just like, Oh, for fuck's sake, I don't have the jacket for this weather. Like I'm going to have to wear my heavy snow jacket and I'm going to sweat under it. And, uh, and then I was just like being cranky about it. Yeah. And Ryan just comes out of his room with the perfect jacket that doesn't fit him anymore, but is waterproof and has a hood and is perfect for the occasion in which I needed it. And he was just like, here, just take it for the night. Just, you know, bring back and throw it in my room when you're done with it. And I'm like, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much. Like, I got legit overcome with emotion. I'm just like, you're my favorite roommate. <laughs> You're so sweet. It was so like it really did like touch me, and it was it was very it was very nice. And I know that it like probably meant less than nothing to him. He was just like, "Here, take this old jacket that I don't fit into anymore." Whatever. Like, but it still like was really sweet. It meant something to me. And that's so nice. And those <laughs> are the moments where you're like, "Hey, just so you know, this is what I was going through." And it could be a small moment for you, but it had this big impact on me. <laughs> so please take my gratitude and my happiness and let that carry you somewhere. Right. If I can't give anything back to you, let me give this, my appreciation, my respect, and my love to you. Because hmm. sometimes that's what people need. Yeah. Sometimes you can show up for people. Sometimes you can help them in whatever they need physically. But sometimes you just need to say, hey, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Hey, I love you. Hey, you are putting in fucking work <laughs> and I appreciate the fuck out of that. Thank you. I know. More people need to be better with words of affirmation. Oh, man. We did it. We solved solved every every problem ever. (laughs) The title of this this should just be World Peace Achieved. We did. That's the title. That's the title. If there's one of our episodes that you need to get your friends listening to, (laughs) this this is is it. it. This one and the polyamorous one, but this This one. one. Yeah. Because we fucking did it. We did all of it. We did all of it in like one hour and 41 minutes. I'm going to make it an hour 43. Um, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> when me and Chalon were first talking, um, we were talking about something. He was like, okay, we're not ready to date yet. So let's not get there. But like, let's still talk. Let's see where this goes. And I was like, okay, cool. And me at a moment, I was just like, I want to show him that I care. I'm like, okay, cool. But when it comes down to it, I want to be the one to ask you dibs. No challenge. I get to be the one to ask you, Cute. um, to, to be my boyfriend. And he, he got like this, he has the cutest smile whenever he's like so he satisfied. Is. He's so cute. And I just love it. It's my favorite. Also, in the mornings, whenever, like, I say goodbye, he's he's usually in bed because I leave early, mm. and I give him a little kiss on the cheek, Aww. and he just gets this small little, like, satisfied grin, and I fucking love it. It's Aww. one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my whole life. But he had that same one when I was like, fine, I could ask you to be my boyfriend, though. And that's where it started, and I was like, oh, I'm ready now. I All like right. it. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I got to ask him, and then later on, he was like, Ugh, I can't believe you got to ask me to be your boyfriend. <laughs> 
if it ever comes down to it, I called dibs on asking you to marry me. And I was like, <gasps> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Having said that, <laughs> A, B, and C is how I feel about things. So just don't, don't catch me by surprise. Don't make it in front of an audience. Talk to me first. Don't talk to my family first. Mm. Talk to me first whether I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. And then once we say yes, 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 and if you want to include my family and or your family, that's cool. You can talk to them then. <laughs> but the conversations with me first about our relationship. Mm. He's like, you're going to make this really hard. And I was like, I'm going to make you work for work it. For it. <laughs> and he has put in work for it. So that's so exciting. Muffin. But then I'm just like, okay, there was something that I was listening to that then inspired me. And I was like, you know, if I was to, if I was to ask child to marry me, this is how I would do it. And then I'm like setting the scene. I'm picturing inside my head. I was driving inside a pullover because I needed my hands to be like, okay, that's going to be there. That's going to be there. We're going to be here. That's that. He goes that way. And then me from behind is like doing this. We have beautiful that over there. Okay. And I'll tell you after the podcast because Sean listens. Okay. And I know that motherfucker's like, what would it be? What would it be? Like, what would it be? Um, I would have it all planned. I was like, oh. That fits my criteria. I love it. I need to converse with him to see what his criteria would be. Because right. I don't want to disrespect him. If I'm being like, if you're going to ask me, you better run all this work and adhere to this. And, and this. I need three months worth of salary. <laughs> it has to be a fucking ring pop, but don't make it a goddamn sour apple because I'll beat your ass and say no. <laughs> if you get a sour apple, give it to me. I'll have it. <laughs> I love a sour apple. Yeah, I ruined my own um, proposal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is, this leads into uh, we want to hear your proposal stories. So, if you're listening this far, now that we've solved world peace, we want to hear your proposal stories. So please email them to I couldn't help a podcast at gmail dot com. You can message us at We Swear on Chanel on Twitter and on Instagram. And the challenge here that I have is I would love to hear like the recording because I'd love to hear how yes. emotional people would get talking about it. And if you and your partner are still together or it's still a viable option, I would like to get both sides. Mm, that would so be so So I want to see like, the person who set up the proposal. Yes. And then the person who got proposed who was like, we were doing this. I didn't know what was going on. I got proposed. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm getting proposed to. I want to hear all these stories because I'm super into it and it makes me feel so good. Yes. Oh, so okay. cute. So I... yours. So Chad and I had been slowly... Like when he and I were first in the relationship, it was more of a like, oh yeah... When I got married, I want to do this. Um, And when I get married, I kind of want to have it here. When I get married, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And as we got closer together and as the relationship progressed, he started to turn it into a we. And the first time he did it, I was like, well, that was just a slip of the tongue, whatever. And then he consistently for like a week was doing it. So we were at dinner, a claim jumper, <laughs> so classy. And he was saying, yeah, yeah, when we get married, I want to blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop you right there. Are you going to propose to me? Because you keep saying we? It's fucking me up. So are you asking me to marry you or like not? What is this? And he's like, um, yeah, would you, do you want to marry me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So what were you saying? <laughs> Continued on with the con. That's how that's how I got proposed to. And of course, like he later was like, I had a fucking I was formulating a plan like to propose to you. 
you fucked it up. And I'm just like, yeah, I did. I fucked it up. I, 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 I completely take responsibility for that. But you're also a person who doesn't do surprises, so you didn't figure out where you are. Yep. And if you're talking about this we bitch, are you speaking French or are you talking about us? If you're talking about us, mm-hmm. you need to let me know that we're in this together. Yeah. You can just be assuming. Yeah, so everyone else should definitely tell us your much more romantic proposal stories. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for us. We've solved all of the world's issues. We did it. We did the whole thing. It was amazing. So, thank you're welcome, America. Fucking welcome. (laughs) Leave us a review. Yeah, (laughs) on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you listen to. Yeah, we're on it all now, practically. And if there's another fucking thing, please don't make us get on it. Yeah, please just don't. If there is available, it's available where podcasts are sold. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's We're in not... every single market. Yeah. That's highly accessible. Yes. Sorry, I'm not in your niche fucking podcast. I can't <laughs> the one other podcast that's only on that one. Yeah, we're not gonna... I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm tired of looking at a goddamn screen. Listen, we're busy solving the world's issues. We can't get on another listening device for you. Sorry about it. But also, hashtag... Not, not sorry. sorry. <laughs> you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at we swear on Chanel. Mm-hmm. Email your your proposal stories and your bad date stories. I can help a podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or if um, you see one of us in the street and you want to tell us, we'll whip out our phones and record it there and then. One hundred percent. If you want to just do a voice recording and send it to either one of us, if you're personal friends with us, just do it. Just do it. You can Google share. You can share off your drive. Mm-hmm. It's honestly so fucking easy. Yeah. Don't listen. We're solving the world's problems. You do a little bit of work. Yeah. What the fuck? We just gave you all this. Yeah. Bitch, my titties out here, milk pouring, <laughs> and I have to squirt into your mouth. No, bitch. Just do some seconds. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> we love you very much, despite all of Joe's vitriol. <laughs> All right, and remember, everybody, always wear a condom. Bye. It's not stopping. It's not stopping.